This is the Beard Winner Podcast, Episode 3. Hey everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to the third episode of the Beard Winner Podcast. And I must say... Thank you, as always, for your overwhelming support on the first and second episode of the podcast. Friends and family have talked to me in person, sent me messages saying that they've enjoyed it. And that's cool. I want to get that feedback. I want to find areas where I can improve. And I also want you to share the show. If you have time, hop on iTunes, give us an honest review, and share the show with a friend. I'd love to meet some strangers from the podcast as well and be able to say, hey, you're the dude with the Beard Winner podcast. And that makes me excited which is really what the topic of today's episode is really going to focus around, is that excitement in the air that I believe is going to be what's going to get us on the other side of the rough times we're going through. And that excitement brings me back to childhood, and hopefully it does you too, where it's like it's the last day of school before summer let out. Summer was just this elusive thought. Anything could happen. Really, anything. And... Also, the cool thing that comes from that is that you get this feeling in your stomach. You know, it's that feeling that you got before going to the water park as a kid or seeing the, t the town fireworks show or hosting your own fireworks show. I think it's a feeling that's honestly going to get us to the other side of this. I'm not going to pretend like nothing is going on in this. There's a lot that's going on and a lot of change needs to happen. Even more love needs to be exchanged. So, yes, there's a lot of change, but love needs to be exchanged. That's the core thing that I, I want to drive home in the news, and that's really all I'm going to really say about it. But it's my greatest hope that we can sit across a table from each other as human beings and just love each other for being the same species, regardless of our differences. Just spread love. Something that has really restored my faith and hope in humanity was my uncle, um, great uncle to be honest, uh, on my mom's side, my grandfather's brother, Frank. He turned 100 years old on Flag Day, June 14th. And this is pretty special to be related to something, someone so cool who has done something so amazing in 100 years. He was a World War II veteran, um, helped out with, you know, testing nuclear bombs on, I believe, the Bikini Islands, um, flying away from the nuclear bomb to find out what flight speeds were needed. You can find uh, his Facebook by just searching for Frank Wenzel. Um, it's W-E-N-D-Z-E-L, and take a look and see on that end of things, his public posts. There's some wonderful news articles. The Department of Veteran Affairs went ahead and, and recognized him. So many people recognize this man because he reached out for his 100th birthday, and he asked for 100 cards because he's living in a senior living home in California, and of course, for his safety, he's not allowed to go out, and his daughters and son are not able to see him. And we reached out as a family and got him over 100 cards. Um, this man has also been a part of NASA, which I, I don't want to forget mentioning that as well. He has been able to help our understanding as a species find out humans' abilities in space and function. He helped build the foundation for the Apollo missions. I know he worked for sure on the Jupiter and the Mercury projects and the Atlas projects when it came to his service in the military and cross-pollination with NASA. Um, his 100 cards turned into 1,200, 1,400 I've heard and counting. And the neat thing about it is, is that he reads every, 
every detail of those cards. He looks at the postage stamp, what main city stamped it, you know, Austin, Texas, was it Denver, Colorado? Where did it come from? And, you know, the address, little notes that people leave in there, every single word. And he beams with the brightest smile in the world when he reads those. It literally, it makes his day and he keeps going through them all day long. And what I want people to take away from this is maybe we can learn to love and spread joy like this act of kindness. Nobody had to send my uncle hundreds of cards and get thousands of cards. Hundreds of people didn't have to show up in car cars, not cards, but cars, vehicles, and loop around the assisted living center he lives in to wish him a happy birthday. The Department of Veteran Affairs did not have to recognize him. The city that he lives in of Lake Forest, California, did not have to name him a hero. That's pretty amazing. So if we can spread this love and kindness, I think this world can definitely be in a better place. So let's transition and change gears a little bit here. The second episode with Elise Bender was amazing. I hope you all enjoyed it. I thank her so much for being my very first guest. Interviewing people is definitely a skill and something that I can build upon. And I was rusty. And that's why they say when you start a podcast, and I'll always be transparent with you guys, that your best guests are going to be friends. They're going to be understanding with little technical glitches, maybe having to do a take two, because I really don't like to edit things out. I even like you guys to hear my flub ups and when I have verbal diarrhea because I'm human. But back to Bender. When we first met her, it was back in 2014, 2015, as she said, and it was on the West Coast. And at first I perceived her as shy and quiet, but we got to know her. And I remember looking at her photos. We were in a conference room that looked like a community college classroom on the Oregon coast. And her photos were simply just darn amazing. I mean, they were stupidly hard to critique. She has beautiful use of negative space, high key, which is like the white background where there's not really a background. It focuses on, let's say a hummingbird um, comes to mind with her example or wildlife. Um, and her attention to detail is just so precise. And she's able to tell a story with every photo. Now remember the word story because it's going to come up later in the podcast. But now Bender has grown. She's teaching photographers her techniques via mentoring, speaking at conferences, and she's also a Tamron ambassador. That is a stellar achievement. People aspire to be able to work with lens manufacturers like Tamron, camera manufacturers, and actually represent the brand. It's truly amazing to watch a friend transform into a hobbyist photographer, into really an artist, all while staying humble and kind. And that's really why I was really honored to have her on there. And it'll be interesting to see how travel impacts our ability to blossom in certain areas like international workshops where we can teach people our skills and hold those events. Because to be transparent, that's how a lot of photographers make money. And we're sharing a skill with you. You're traveling out there and we're helping you figure out how to get the photos and tell a story that you want to tell with your photographs. So until then, whatever country you're in, hop on the highway if you can, hop on a train, use whatever available transportation you have, and explore. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful country here in the United States, and she's inspired me to hopefully do the van and RV life if I can. So I'm looking into that very seriously. And speaking of which, Colorado is definitely going to uh, um, be an open option, and I plan on meeting her out in Colorado in the fall to get some beautiful fall color. And speaking of Colorado, my next guest is going to be from Colorado. His name is Alex. Alex is going to be on episode four, which will air after this one, two weeks after. And he's always been a creative. Alex is very amazing at taking something normal and making it something extraordinary. 
I mean, he and I went to Warp Tour and made those memories extraordinary when we were about 15 or 16 and, and rode in our friend's dad's Chrysler Concorde down to Kansas City, I believe it was, and were able to get backstage passes because we knew friends. And I, I want that episode to be more of a conversation, and I hope it comes out that way because his love for music and creativity has always had him involved in some sort of band um, and he rocked him out in the Midwest here in high school and during my undergraduate years of college. He branched out when working with bands, being an artist in the band by doing photography and videography for the bands and the groups really took it to the next level and I think his impact was part of that because he's able to tell a story with his videos and photos and you could see his talent when he was shooting amazing things while working for Apple or Best Buy back in the day with an iPhone. I mean, yes, he was using some editing apps with filters, but he was ahead of the curve. So his editing photos really makes compelling images. Um, and, and he's fortunate enough to live in Colorado. So his backyard is pretty neat. And while he's out there, he creates amazing videos for different things, including couples and weddings out there. And his work also tells a story. So here's the theme of the story that will come back around when I talk about photography on my end and how I feel from, from a personal standpoint. And if you look at his work, he's able to connect with people on the screen and he's able to allow you to connect with them, even complete strangers. Heck, even when he does CrossFit videos, it makes me want to do CrossFit and I'm way too far out of shape to want to do CrossFit. And I did talk to him and after um, talking about this episode, he said, yeah, you could do it. It's an excuse. And I knew he was going to call it an excuse, but I might look into that. But what is his secret sauce when it comes to photography and vi videography? We're going to find out on that, on that episode. When he and I have that conversation, it's going to hopefully give some of his secret sauce away, but we don't want to give away all the, the, the special ingredients, just like Bush's doesn't want to give away their special um, baked beans, which is a horrible analogy, but hopefully someone got a giggle out of that. So we'll look into whether or not he's doing audi audience analysis, whether he's connecting um, to a brand or a company, or whether it's something he's just passionate about. Outside of doing creative works, and still doing them at the same time, uh, which is a weird way of explaining it. He climbs mountains, and he's an amazing human, family friend, and just a really cool person to talk to, and I can't wait to have him on the show, and you're going to be blown away. This guy conquers 14,000-foot mountains like they're nothing. I think he's conquered over a dozen easily, and he plans on doing over 5 to 10 each year. It's crazy, but please feel free to tune in that episode and find out more about Alex and his amazing work. Next is going to be my take on photography. This brings me back to Denver, Colorado, and I remember flying into the airport, and this gentleman was at the baggage claim, and he had this silver EOS camera. It was an older one. I had my camera. It was a 6D and had the red lens on the front of it. Looked good, and my mom was really proud. And she's like, hey, my son's a photographer, and the guy snarkily looked back at her and said, everyone's a photographer. And if you think about it, we all are. Everybody has a photo in their or photo a camera in their pocket and he's right but what makes you a good photographer I believe what makes you become a good photographer is wanting to learn more about it not being afraid to ask questions like settings they matter they do if someone posts on a photo group or just posts in general and says hey what settings did you use to get that photo they shouldn't receive backlash and hate but we should also balance that to where it's not a crutch because if we get wrapped up on settings and we're thinking about those, it takes away from the part of our brain that is able to allow us to be creative. In time, 
you'll learn those settings and you'll be able to look at a scene and say, oh, that's F8, um, 1, 160th of a second, and ISO 100 because it's decently bright out. Uh, and maybe we'll want to turn on image stabilization because I forgot my tripod. That's going to be gibberish to a lot of people, but you'll learn that. You'll be able to look at a scene, get an idea, and the cool thing is, is you'll be able to experiment, experiment, and experiment. I've been shooting for years, and I'll still take a photo. It'll be way too dark or way too bright or way too blurry because it's moving and I don't have the correct settings, but you mess around and you figure it out, and that goes with your style. I am not going to knock on anyone's creative style because the best form of flattery out there is copying someone, and do that at first if you want to, but it can be a hindrance. What you need to do is look back and find that you have grown as a photographer, and others will be able to look back and see that they've grown as a photographer. Once you have narrowed down what you enjoy photo photographing and how you want to edit it to tell the story on your end of things, then at that point in time, tweak the editing style that you may be copying or replicating and put your own spin on it. If someone uses really bright purples in the background because they want it to be moody, maybe switch that to green. You know, there's, there's sliders in Lightroom and Photoshop for that, and we'll talk more about that on more photography-centric episodes. And over time, you'll be able to pull out your camera in a completely dark setting and create some really cool photos without knowing what buttons are there. It'll just be muscle memory. So with photography, I just want you all to have that childlike wonder and amazement and enjoy photography. At first, when you get your camera, and if you're thinking about buying one, you're, the hardest question for any photographer to answer is what camera do you recommend? Because it depends on what you want to do with it. But you can do great things with today's Samsung, Google Pixels, iPhones, and there's apps that allow you to shoot manually just like on a two to $3,000 or $5,000 camera. So mess around with those first. If you like that and you can learn the results, do it. But t trust your gut. And getting back to learning settings, don't be afraid to ask out, ask about him. Like my friend John Abrams, a shout out to a photographer who does wildlife photography and portrait photography and landscape photography in Glenwood, Iowa. He was the first person I thought to call when shooting 4th of July fireworks. And I said, hey, I'm going to give John a shout. And he wasn't mad. He was not upset at all that I gave him a call and said, hey, what settings do I use to photograph these fireworks? And he told me exactly what to do. Yes, I could have Googled them, but there was something about that reassurance in his voice that allowed me to feel comfortable shooting those fireworks. And it was really cool. They turned out well. So the main takeaway is, is that yes, you're going to have a huge creative learning curve to get to where you need to be, but trust your gut. You'll start to notice when you love shooting something, you'll start to see things differently. Like when you're outside, Try this if you're not a photographer. Anyone who's not a photographer, give this a shot. When you're outside and you see something beautiful, start looking for the light. So at noon, the light is really kind of ugly because the sun is in the top of the sky and it bleaches everything out. It just takes all the color and makes it drab. Everything is just reflecting that huge ball of fire in the sky's light. But in the morning, in the evenings, sunrise and sunset times, which we call golden hour in the photography area, you'll notice there's this golden, beautiful light, and that's because the sun is coming from the side. It's at an angle, and it's going through atmospheric elements like clouds, giving it a golden color, a pink color, any of those colors, which are often overemphasized, but that's how the landscape photographer is able to express themselves, and it's how they're able to show their mood within the photo. Now, here's what I want you to do. Go up, once you start to see that light, squint your eyes like where you start to lose the detail 
And that's where you're going to see everything in photography as far as the scene becomes a blob. And everything is sort of just a weird geometric shape, which I learned on a previous podcast from an amazing teacher. Um, it's a blob. And when you see that blob, you'll see that the details will fill in later in your mind, but what catches it and makes it a good photo is what your eye is drawn to. And that's probably what you should be photographing. So give that a shot, go outside, and maybe you can start to see like a photographer. Then pull out your cell phone, start shooting with it, and if you fall in love with the craft, then get a camera. That's the next step. But always trust your gut and find friends who are humble and want to share their, their ability. There's always people who are willing to meet up. You just pay your own travel and lodging expenses to get out there. And it's like-minded people. They're going to be ready to answer those questions. What setting did you use to get that photo? And that's awesome because they're going to enable you to grow as a creative. So when it comes to editing and you've got the image, like I said, I'm not going to critique your editing style because your expression of that that scene is how you felt. And one piece of advice that I wish someone would have given me long ago, and I need to start taking it now that I've actually thought of it, pull up your notepad on your phone, take a picture of what you see with your phone, and use like the markup tool, like on, on I believe it's going to be on Android as well too, where you can draw on the screen, one word or a sentence about how you felt when you were taking that photo. Were you feeling happy? Was it melancholy? Did you feel hopeful, zealous? Were you sad? I mean, that's that's going to give you a foundation and a springboard for editing. And I believe that's going to allow you to start creating that style that we talked about. So when you take that note, I believe it's going to help you become a better storyteller. And that's really where it comes full circle when talking about Bender and talking about Alex, is that that ability to tell a story is going to stop that instinct of you to keep scrolling through your newsfeed on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever medium you're using. Something captures your attention and you stop. It makes you look twice. And the story that you're trying to tell when you're taking the photo or making the video is may or it may or may not be the story that the person on the receiving end gets. But that doesn't matter. What matters is they get their own story. And that's where the beauty comes. And hopefully it transports them to that, that location. And hopefully once it transports them, they actually go and see it. And it inspires them to make a change and take an action. I'll leave you guys with wishing you all a happy 4th of July. Admittedly, um, sober June worked out pretty well. Uh, I had a lot of sugar because I'm addicted to sugar. Failed on that. Uh, did sip on some some bourbon. Um, that was uh, definitely something that you know have to be honest about. So uh, felt good to make it 95% through the month, and we'll have to try this again maybe in August or September when things aren't as hectic. And I'm not going to be recording an episode where we're going to be doing a bourbon tasting, which is hopefully going to be episode four or episode five or six. Uh, but I do have to mention that's why I'm so excited about this time of the year because Fourth of July is coming up. I've always enjoyed fireworks and to the point to where my parents hate them, uh, my dog hates them, and my best friend's wife hates them. Um, but it's been an amazing journey. I have gone from hosting in years past and shooting large backyard fireworks shows. I remember back in the day, uh, this is easily 10 years ago, 
filling up a U-Haul truck, 27-foot U-Haul truck full of fireworks and shooting them off in, in Iowa and having the sheriff come by midnight when uh, we were lighting the finale. And he says, well, get this cleaned up or I'm going to charge you with ticketing. And then taking it to the next level and getting the ATF certification to be able to shoot professional fireworks for J&M displays and be able to shoot for ballparks. And having that exhilaration, literally the thud of a six-inch firework, um, a professional one in Grand Island, Nebraska, lighting one of those with an extended road flare on a piece of pipe. It literally goes off in the amount of time that you have to lean away from the sucker. So much fun. And now I'm more of just a guru who helps friends out with recommendations on what to do to put their shows together. My buddy Matt and Dan are the true kings. Um, they're amazing at what they do. And really the passion that goes into the community, it's awesome. And I hope everyone is really safe this year. Uh, this year we're going to be shooting probably the largest fireworks show I, I've been a part of or ever seen. Um, my buddy Jarvis is hopefully going to be doing some videography of it and that will be amazing um, with a drone if we're able to and also I'll be setting up a couple cameras for video of it. It's going to be pretty intense. We're aiming for about anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes to have it all go up and have some continuity to looking really uh, fun. One reason that we're doing it is um, we did lose a friend in April and he was an amazing human husband to his wife and would have been an amazing father and we're going to do a 21 gun salute followed by a minute of silence at least on our show i'm sure everyone's going to be shooting fireworks all around us but we're going to stop our show for a whole minute to reflect back because he was the type of guy who would show up at his sister's house with a pickup truck of pre-wired fireworks on a piece of plywood glued down and lighted up in front of their house just because he wanted to make them smile he didn't have one of those internal calculators, you know, with a, a ledger of, you know, this person did me a favor, so they owe me this. He was just an all-around good guy, and we want to honor him in this fireworks show, and I hope everyone, like I said, is safe this year, and we get to the better side of things on this, and I believe that if we spread love and have love be the foundation of what we do with every action in our life, this world can be a, be a better place. Thank you so much for subscribing. Like I said, feel free to rate us. Also, it helps out if you go to beardwinner.com, click on support. Uh, you can see some brands that I stand behind and use personally and would endorse to my friends and worst enemies alike. And also, you can shop for anything that you usually shop for on Amazon uh, through my Amazon affiliate link. So if a bar of soap costs you $6 on Amazon, when you go to amazon.com and you go to beardwinner.com and go to beardwinner.com forward slash support, and click on Amazon, that same bar of soap is going to cost you $16, and, or $6, sorry, the same price, exactly, to the penny, and it's going to support the show. So we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, and once again, as always, cheers and love.